for the Hartford Current. I'm Mike Hammond, and this is Capital Watch. Connecticut's defense industry is set to receive billions of dollars from Washington as a $738 billion defense spending bill was approved recently by House and Senate negotiators and now awaits approval by the General Assembly. What's in it exactly for Connecticut? Reporter Steven Singer takes us through the submarines, the helicopters, and everything else. Stay tuned. So, Steve, tell us about the legislation that's, you know, suddenly going to deliver billions of dollars to the various components of Connecticut's defense industry. What is this piece of legislation or this the pieces of legislation? It's one bill. It's called the National Defense Authorization Act, and it authorizes Congress um, to spend $738 billion on the military um, and defense aspects of homeland security. This would be for Connecticut, uh, submarine construction and Groton by electric boat, jet engine manufacturing by Pratt & Whitney in East Hartford and Middletown, and helicopters being made by Sikorsky in Stratford. It's not just the three conglomerates that will benefit, but there are hundreds, perhaps thousands of small family-owned machine shops and manufacturing companies that are part of the supply chain. There are something like one million parts that go into a submarine. One of the most complicated, if not the most complicated, pieces of equipment. It's comparable to a space uh, spacecraft because it has to keep men alive in an inhospitable climate. So there's a million parts. That means there are a lot of companies making all the components that go to those parts. Um, an electric boat has been trying to broaden its supply base to keep up with demand. The other thing that keep in mind is electric boat is now beginning, <coughs> is in the design phase for the Columbia submarine, which is the next generation uh, uh, submarine. Um, so in addition to the Virginia class, which are about two a year now, they're going to be making a third, which is the Columbia class. And there is a very big expansion going on at Electric Boat and among the suppliers uh, to, to keep up with the demand. Well, put that in context for us. So is $738 billion, how does it compare to, I don't know, recent defense spending bills? Well, it's been going up a couple of percent every year. Um, and certainly since President Trump took office in January, 7th, in January 2017, it's been going up. And there's bipartisan support for it. There's not much opposition to these defense bills. Um, in the past, when uh, President Reagan was in office, and he had a buildup. Uh, there was some opposition on, in some quarters, but they still passed. Uh, what's happening now is uh, you'll, you're seeing members of Congress supporting it because it means jobs. For example, in Sikorsky is in Congresswoman DeLauro's district. She may have problems with military spending in general, but she won't have any problems with spending at Sikorsky because if she does, um, she'll hear about it from constituents. Uh, same with John Larson in Hartford and Central Connecticut. And Joe Courtney is um, uh, very much uh, pushing the legislation to increase construction of the submarines at Groton. Whether it's the historic contract to build two submarines a year at Electric Boat, or the latest to begin work on a new class of subs producing 1,500 hires this year alone. These aren't just victories for EB, it means growth for 500 other Connecticut businesses helping service and supply the submarine. The two actually who are the most involved in this are Joe Courtney, who's on the House Armed Services Committee, and Senator Blumenthal, who's on the Senate Armed Services Committee. So they're in the, the two legislators in Connecticut who are steering these um, uh, defense funding bills through their committees. And how much influence have they had, do you think, on 
bringing so much? Well, Joe Courtney is, is chairman of a subcommittee on sea power of the Armed Services Committee, So, he, and Democrats are in the majority in the House. So he's quite influential in steering funding for submarine construction in, in Connecticut. Uh, Senator Blumenthal is in the minority in the Senate. Um, so he's, you know, he has less clout, but um, he's still got a seat on the Armed Services Committee, and therefore he has a say in, uh, in what comes to Connecticut. And, and so as you mentioned, this is presumably going to be bringing some jobs into the state. Are they high-paying jobs? Are they low-paying jobs? They're very well-paid jobs. These are manufacturing jobs. They're skilled manufacturing jobs. Economists have said that you're seeing an influx of workers from Rhode Island and Massachusetts into Connecticut for these jobs because they don't have – they have them in Rhode Island in Quonset Point, which is another electric boat shipyard. So conceivably they would go there, but a lot of the construction is also being done in Groton. But you also have Sikorsky and Stratford, and you have Pratt and & Whitney in Middletown and East Hartford. And uh, there's a lot of manufacturing work that needs to be done in those two towns. The, the main – complaint you hear over and over again from companies is they just can't get enough workers who are qualified. For example, Pratt & Whitney is riding a really big wave of demand for commercial airlines. So there's a real Boeing and Airbus are, are building air, airlines. That means that there's a need for engines. So there's a very large backlog of the Pratt & Whitney geared turbofan engine, which is their next generation engine. It's quieter, um, which means Jets can fly in and out of airports at night without bothering neighbors. Airports are looking to have far more flights because of rising passenger demand, and that means more inbound and outbound flights at night and on weekends. And the geared turbofan engine is quieter. It also, is, it's much more fuel efficient, and so that saves airlines money. And it's um, uh, less polluting which is important in terms of climate change issues. And so there's a very big backlog in production of the geared turbofan engines. And on top of that, with the military budget, they're looking to build the F-15 fighter jet. And those are engines that Pratt & Whitney makes also. So between the military and the commercial side, Pratt & Whitney is, is very busy and it's also very profitable. Um, it's one of the reasons uh, United Technologies is focusing entirely on aviation and aerospace and spinning off its elevator and heating and cooling equipment businesses. They right. want to focus on aerospace because it's um, very profitable for years to come. Let's bear down on the details of this a little bit. So you, you mentioned Pratt & Whitney is going to be building more engines. For the F-35. For and the that, F-35, what's that? This, the F-35 is a, is a fighter jet, and it's not only used by the Pentagon, but it's also sold to allies. Israel buys F-35s. France buys F-35s. So they're, they're very quick. They're very effective uh, f uh, fighter jets that are useful in, in battle. And this particular bill includes more than 90, $9 billion for 90. So yeah. that's $9 billion for 90 joint strike fighters. This is for the Air Force, Navy, and Marine Corps. That includes 12 more than what President Trump had sought. And all 90, you mentioned some other countries, all 90 are, are for the United States, or, or some are actually going to other countries? Some would be sold to other countries. Wow. What about submarines? So that's, as you mentioned, there are a gazillion parts that go into these things. There's about $5.4 billion um, for two Virginia-class submarines. Virginia-class, what's that? Are, that is the current class of submarines that are being made by electric boat and their ballistic missiles, their nuclear submarines. Okay. And that includes about $1.5 billion in additional submarines for the most recent 
they call them a block. So we're in the fifth block, the fifth set of submarines being built. It also has $3 billion in advanced procurement for more Virginia-class submarines in the future. So what they'll do is they have money for immediate, and then they put in money for next year or the year out. Okay. And that's called advanced procurement. Got you. And then there's $1.8 billion for the Columbia class, which is a much bigger submarine, and that's the next generation of submarines. The Navy has told Congress in the last several years that because of retirements of submarines and aging out of submarines, that if, if we don't pick up production, um, the fleet will be run down uh, within 10 or 12 years. And okay. there's a geo. The interesting thing about submarines is. The uh, strategy has shifted. After 9-11, the strategy focused on drones and helicopters to fight the terrorists in Afghanistan and in Iraq. But uh, as those battles wound down over the years, there were other threats emerging, which was China in the South China Sea, Russia, uh, which had a submarine that just went up and down the East Coast a few years ago, if you remember. I remember, sure. And Iran, uh, which um, is pretty busy in the uh, Persian Gulf. So the strategy has shifted more to submarines to deal with those threats, and that has also helped increase demand for uh, submarines. And an interesting thing is if you listen to Senator Blumenthal when he goes to a lot of these uh, meetings that discuss defense spending, because he's a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, he's privy to briefings on threats. And he said they really will make your hair stand on end when you realize the threats that are out there all across the world. He mentions that in the context of this $738 billion that we need to spend uh, to face down these threats. Husky fans, listen up. We've got another podcast we want to tell you about. UConn Insider from the Hartford Current takes a deep dive into all things UConn athletics. Host Chris Broder brings you exclusive, in-depth interviews with coaches, players, and reporters who are dishing out expert analysis each and every week. Search for UConn Insider wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe today. Want more from The Current? You can subscribe to our Five Things to Know newsletter to get the latest headlines in your inbox every morning. Politics, breaking news, UConn sports, opinion, and more. Head to current.com slash newsletters to sign up today. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to tell you about a new initiative here at The Current. We're all about new initiatives. Michaela Kane, take it away. Sure. I'm going to tell you about The Thread, which is our new news source for millennials, created by millennials here at The Current. Give us a follow on social at The Thread CT on your favorite platforms, or you can sign up for our newsletter at current.com slash newsletters. You good with that? Yeah. You mentioned this earlier, but who are the companies that will be building these subs? Um, Well, General Dynamics Electric Boat, and then there's Huntington Ingalls, which is a partner of theirs in Virginia. Those are the two. There aren't a big universe of submarine builders out there. No, I imagine there there are not. It's pretty specialized, and Electric Boat's been doing this since, you know, World War II. So the or, other big, or earlier earlier than World War II. So the other big component of this is is helicopters. What kind of helicopters do they want? Who's lined up to make them and and how much are they going to get paid for for building all these helicopters? Well, Sikorsky is building the heavy lift helicopter, which is a very large helicopter. These can lift huge vehicles, and that takes a lot when you have an airborne craft lifting. And uh, this includes 807 mil- almost $808 million for six helicopters. So that's like $135 million a piece. Wow. And some analysts have said this is a bit over the top. 
$135 million per helicopter for six. But that's in this bill. And also includes $215 million, again, for the advanced procurement of these heavy lift helicopters. So that's for future. Right. And then $1.4 billion for 73 Black Hawk helicopters. Now, Black Hawk helicopters are in their, I don't know, fifth, sixth generation now. They, 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 they keep being changed and upgraded by Sikorsky, but Black Hawk helicopters are probably the most famous because of their work in Somalia, their work in Iraq and their, uh, Afghanistan. They are the, wor- the workhorse of these wars. They take men in, into and off of battlefields. They're also used for taking injured men very quickly, and they have a lot of medical equipment on board, so if you're injured with an with a improvised bomb, they can lift you out of the battlefield very quickly and take you someplace very quickly for um, treatment. Um, and they, the, the Blackhawks are, are a staple um, for the U.S. military. So these are much, much cheaper, uh, $1.4 billion for 73 of right. them as opposed mm-hmm. to eight, uh, $808, million, $808 for six. million for six helicopters, yes. a very different class of, of, um, of vehicles here. And uh, so these are, these are Sikorsky? This is Sikorsky. Sikorsky will be building these as well. And um, they um, have a pretty... From what I've heard, a pretty good uh, training program that they do with the Teamsters Union in terms of getting uh, qualified workers in there. Um, but again, these are well-paid jobs, um, high-skilled jobs. So between you know the engines, the submarines, and the helicopters, all of this money and all of this, this these these vehicles that need to be built, this is a pretty uniquely good payout for Connecticut defense industry companies, or is this the kind of thing that we have come to expect to, to see every five years or 10 years? I think we've come to expect it. It's, it's become a staple of the Connecticut's economy. Um, Connecticut's economy has got troubles in a lot of other areas. Uh, slow, it gro- it's been growing slowly. A lot of the well-paid jobs are leaving Connecticut. Uh, the Lamont administration just this week told the, the legislature that this is continuing, uh, the loss of well-paid jobs and being replaced by lower-paid jobs, which has an income impact on income tax revenue. So the manufacturing sector is a real bright spot for Connecticut, and the defense is a big part of manufacturing. It doesn't mean it's the only part, but as I said, for example, the commercial jet engines that are manufactured. And General Electric is also a big company that makes engines, so there's a lot of this smaller manufacturers around the state that are uh, making parts for GE jet engines, which is based in Ohio, and uh, that helps um, the smaller companies in the, in the Connecticut supply chain. So just finally, back to, you know, how do you staff up to build all of this stuff and how do you do it quickly? And what is the time frame for, uh, how soon are they going to need X number of workers to actually be get in there and, and know how to well, they need them now. B- build the piece of the submarine that, that is needed? They need them now and they're using all kinds of strategies. They have um, uh, community colleges, they've got the advanced manufacturing uh, classes and programs at community colleges and in uh, high schools. They're also keeping a lot of workers on the job well, in their, well into their 70s uh, because they have a wealth of information. They've been on the job for 40 or 50 years and uh, a lot of them aren't ready to retire. They like the money um, and companies are very eager to hold on to them. But uh, it's, for some companies, it's difficult to get as many workers as they need because they need them now. On the other hand, they have constant training programs and it's an ongoing effort. It doesn't stop. 
So out of the $738 billion, what is the Connecticut piece? And is it, how does it compare to other states' pieces? I don't know what the total amount is for Connecticut. I'm not sure okay. it's actually added Just it some up. of these numbers that you get. We can kind you know, of do a... You can get an idea. Yeah. Um, and the $738 billion is spread around pretty evenly around the country because that gets members of the House and Senate to, to approve it. You know? Right. When Lockheed Martin bought Sikorsky in 2015, Sikorsky used to belong to United Technologies Corporation, and UTC sold it to Lockheed, I think, for $9 billion. And... Uh, it gave Lockheed Martin a very important foothold in New England. It didn't have much else. And by buying Sikorsky, it now has access to New England, and it gives New England's, uh, especially Connecticut's congressional delegation, a reason to side with Lockheed Martin when they go to Congress looking for... Uh, where, where was Lockheed previously? It's pretty much in a lot of other states, you know, the Midwest and New York and Florida is a big, uh, California is a big manufacturer, and Washington State. But uh, Lockheed, if not the biggest, it certainly is one of the biggest defense contractors. By buying Sikorsky, it now gives them access um, to the Connecticut Congressional District. Well, that's it for Capital Watch. Thank you for listening. Today's guest was reporter Steven Singer. Our executive producers are Megan Merrigan and Dan Brecklin, and our senior executive producer is Andrew Julian. I'm Mike Hammond, the host and producer of Capital Watch, which is a production of the Hartford Current Media Group. As always, stay on top of Connecticut news by visiting current.com. We'll see you next time.